talk about it. Welcome, welcome back to She Could Talk the Podcast. I am your host, Colleen, aka Gongali MC on Instagram. If you want to know what we're doing with that music, or Colleen Eat Wings on Instagram, if you want to know what we sourcing and tossing, especially for the holidays. And you can just keep it simple, y'all. You can go over to www.doerecords.com and that will put you in one-stop shop for all of the episodes for She Can Talk, any new music we're dropping, videos, or if you yourself are an artist and you would like to submit your music for consideration, collaborations, or you want to hit us up directly for interviews with myself, you can do so also at www.doerecords.com, D-O-E records.com. Also, of course, you know, we have She Can Talk podcast on IG, D-O-E underscore records on IG, a little bit of OD on IG. We got the original Gongalee on TikTok and of course, Clean It Wings. So, you know, all over the place. I am thinking I'm going to start consolidating them because, you know, that's a lot of IG, but I digress for right now. This episode is going to be very interesting. I said, you know, I'm going to hit you guys and I have more coming with some nostalgia memory lane, you know, kind of giving you some deep dives and some behind the scenes with the creative process with my music. But this one, I wanted to pause for a little bit and kind of do something that I have not done in probably a year or so. And that is a movie review. Uh-oh, movie review. <laughs> so yes, I haven't done one in a minute. And I said, you know what? I saw a very interesting movie, which kind of, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse. And I'm not trying to, you know, be so dark during the holidays. So I apologize in advance if this comes off a little dark. But um, it's kind of been, I don't know, just the pulse of the media, the movies, etc. And um, this was an interesting movie to me because it was kind of like a twist on things that has been happening in the um, in the media lately. In particular, we've seen how it was a lot of um, civil cases over the years, a lot of women speaking forward, a lot of women claiming abuse, and um, you know, speaking up about their abuse that they've had at the hands of powerful men, rich men, celebrities, moguls, etc. Movie directors, etc. So, um, but you know, I said I want to, you know, review this movie because this movie is Although fiction, it is based on a true story. And this is something that's rare because I also wanted to shed light on the fact how sometimes, um, a lot of times, when boys are the victims of certain types of crimes is viewed differently, right? And um, yeah, so I want to get into that. So the movie we're going to be discussing is going to be called May, December. It is a Netflix movie. And um, let me give you a little insight on it. It is starring, um, and she's very actually interesting. You know, she does a lot of good work. But um, I'm going to go around, down the list of um, actors and actresses that's in the movie. So... <clears throat> Excuse me. The main character, Charles Melton, he's the young husband in the movie. Natalie Portman plays Elizabeth. Elizabeth is kind of like, she is definitely a main character, but within the movie, she is method acting. So she's doing research from the lady who really lived the true life scandal right? So it's basically a movie about this actress trying to gain research and get inspiration from the real lady behind the role that she'll be playing, if that makes any sense. So she goes to meet Julianne Moore, who plays Gracie. Gracie actually is the woman who she will be portraying on the big screen. So she went to, and I want to say she lives in Virginia. So she went to Virginia to visit this woman and her husband, which is Joe, and their children to get acquainted with them and kind of get more realism for the role because she was going to portray her in a biopic, right? So let me give you a little backstory on this. It is loosely 
based on and heavily inspired by the true story of Mary Kay Letono, Letourneau, I might be butchering that name, and Vili Falau. I might be butchering that name even more. But if you don't remember, let me go back a little bit on that because you know how I do. I like to have some facts. So yes, I had to double check just to make sure because I ain't playing. When I'm on the mic, I will not be playing. No, but seriously. So when I went and looked, it was in 1996. Um, This teacher named Mary Kay Letourneau was teaching a sixth grade class. She was 34 years old and she started a sexual relationship with a 12 year old student at the time. The sexual relationship, if it wasn't bad enough, she became pregnant with his children. First one, she gave birth to him in like, well, I think 97. And then the second one, she gave birth to them in like 98 or 99 or whatever, right? So even though she went to jail for sexually taking advantage of a child, a minor, she still continued to have sex with this child and had two children with this child, right? Now, follow me because I'm not trying to rip off Band-Aids for any of the family members. And like I said, I don't try to go down rabbit holes that, you know, glorify someone's demise or whatever or whatever. But um, follow me now. He was 12 and she was 34. What 12-year-old? would you entrust with your life savings and to make financial decisions on your behalf? I'll wait. I'll wait. You know what I'm saying? Like what 12 year old, what, (laughs) what 12 year old are you going to entrust with your life savings and making financial decisions about your life? And you're 34. Yes. Yes. So if that's not bad enough, she was married and had about four children at the time and decided to do this. And the woman, okay, let me go back. The mother of the son of the child who was the victim in this case, right? Was a single mother and in a financially struggling situation, poor single mother, in, you know, a rough neighborhood, etc. right? But this lady was like American apple pie, blonde hair, blue-eyed, happy, all-American girl smile. There's no way she could be doing wrong. But let's remove the visuals. Now let's think about that. 34-year-old teacher, 12-year-old boy. There's not too much more to say about that, right? But she went to jail, was able to come home for whatever reason, got pregnant again with a second child. And then the whole time that she's serving her sentence, this now single mother, well, she was already a single mother because she was raising her son by herself, now became the single mother and grandmother of not one boy, but a son and two granddaughters. Two granddaughters. Yeah, that's what his mother had to deal with. Because, you know, her delayed, um, the teacher, Mary Kay Letourneau's husband, is not going to take the... Um, children of this scandal, right? It's not his kids. And and you don't blame him. Like, I don't blame him at all. But this is where it gets crazy, right? So a lot of people like, oh, it's the boy. He made the kids. And then especially he went back, made a second one. Boom, boom, boom. It has to be what he wanted, right? It has to be what he wanted. He's a guy. Like, she's a beautiful girl. It makes sense. One more time. One more time, little John. How does that make sense? So, yeah, so she had the two children for him. As soon as she came home from jail, she was like 43. Let me take a look here. So he was 21 and she was like 43 when she married him, when she finally came home from jail. That's 
he's just 21. So since 12, you know, she has been all he knows. Like he can't even like when you capture a child and abuse them like that, you kind of stunt their growth. That's just my opinion. I'm not a doctor. I have no medical degree to support that. This is just my opinion. I feel like that would stunt their growth. You know, you ever see where someone goes through something traumatic and they can't go past that mark. Like I've seen it where someone was, um, in an elevator and the elevator, um, malfunctioned and dropped a couple of floors and then became stuck between two floors. Of course, this was like a New York city apartment building before this, this person was not claustrophobic, not you know, scared of being in small spaces because, you know, they rode the elevator every day. After this incident, they could not be in closed rooms, closed quarters, and especially could not ride elevators. So they don't care if it was like the 22nd floor, they were taking the steps. And we would be like, come on now. What? You better get on this elevator. You know what I'm saying? But no. So um, I've seen it where something tragic can stunt someone's growth from, you know, mentally can like, I can't, I can't deal with flowers because I had a bad allergic reaction. So I can't even look at flowers because it makes me have allergic reaction. I've seen people have different types of phobias, um, from different things that happened in their childhood or different experiences they had in their adulthood. So I can see where something traumatic as being thrusted into an adult like situation as a child and not having that ability to create discernment for yourself and to develop emotionally as a human being first and then as a man and decisions are being made for you from your mother making the decisions to your wife who's basically the same age as your mother making decisions for you i think that can stunt someone's growth i could be wrong I could be thinking, I could be speaking way out of my league here, but I do remember when this happened and we were like, you know, that's crazy, but it was just the way the world was set up back then. We, I just felt like she was going to get off for it, but, um, they did actually send her to jail because it was so crazy and it's so obvious. And I think she did like seven and a half years for the offense, but came out to two children from the dude. So how did you still allow her to come around this child and be able to interact to the point that she had two children for him? But um, that's not even the worst of it. Like I said, in, in what, 2004, they got married. You know what I'm saying? Or 2005 or whatever, they got married. When they got married, um, they kind of got quiet a little bit. You didn't really hear too much. It kind of, they faded into the background. I do know that stuff would randomly pop up like, you know, where are they now? And then it would show like, oh, they were doing like, um, weird school teacher party nights. Cause he was DJing and she was like the host because of the whole fame and scandal. So they were kind of monopolizing the situation financially. So I don't know what that was about or, if it was a coercion or, you know, I can't, I'm not here to say like, oh, he was a victim a hundred percent after he became 21. But this is what I would say. Could it be that he was just conditioned to be under this control that he just kind of went with everything? Now, let me bring that back. So that's one to give you a little bit of backstory on the inspiration behind the movie May, December. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with May, December, but the whole saying is about a relationship between two people that are significantly, is a drastic difference in age, right? Sometimes you'll be like, oh, it's a May, December relationship. And it's like a 63 year old man with a 25 year old girl. Exactly. And you'll be like, wait a minute. Um, that's definitely a sugar daddy. Definitely you know, she's taking advantage of him. He's taking advantage of her. Or sometimes it could be love. It could be people that are really in love with each other. That's the kisses <laughs> in case they're in love with each other. So I'm not here to say that every relationship and I'm not trying to generalize or stereotype it, but that's what the original 
origination of the whole May-December relationship came from is like two people in a relationship that are significantly, drastically different in age, even centuries or decades difference in age. So the show, the movie was called May-December and it's about a woman who went to jail, just like the original story, and this is the aftermath. Now she's free. Her children are about to go to college. She's married to the dude that she went to jail for, you know, molesting or whatever. So it's now the aftermath. Like, are they still happy? And now they're doing a movie about her life, and this actress wants to kind of, like, peer into her life to see, hey, how... um. How can, how much pointers can I get? And, you know, so I could be a great method actor about the situation. And the actress, um, who played the act actual, um, doing the one doing the method acting and the research. And I just gave you their names. So I can give it to you again. Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman was the one that was going to do the research on Julianne Moore, who was the older woman married to the younger guy. And you could see it was so similar. They had a couple of nuances that was different. Like for example, in real life, the couple had two daughters on the movie. It was a daughter and a son and they were twins in reality. They're not twins, but they're kind of like, I don't know what that is where they are like nine months apart or 18 months apart. Like they're born back to back. And so they call them some type of twins. I can't think. Let me pause real quick because I know I'm not bugging out. Okay, so I had to make sure I was not bugging out. But the term is called Irish twins. So whenever you have twins that are like born less than 12 months apart, that's the saying. That's like an old saying. It might not even be politically correct. So I apologize to anyone out there that is not. But that was a saying back in the days when you have two children born nine months to a year apart. So in reality, that's how their children was. They had two daughters born like really close to each other on the show. They just made them twins. So they were twins, but it was a boy and a girl. Um, a couple other things. I think on the show, he was like Korean and white on the show in real life. I want to say he's like Hawaiian or, or Samoan or something. The real, guy who was in sixth grade when he started his family, but, and doesn't that sound weird? But anyway, so as a movie goes on, you get to see her other children that she had with the previous husband. So a lot of it, they kept similar or kept it close to the original headlines or whatever, but then they added their nuances to make it a fictional story. But there was one part to me that stood out that I was like, the movie scene is just as cringy as the real life scene of this. And I remember, um, because I don't want to bash, you know, she passed on since then, Mary Kay Letourneau and the, um, guy that she married, Villa, Villa Falau, he's moved on since then. His children are adults. Like he's a grandfather and he's, he's younger than me. He has grandchildren and he's lived a full life, which is crazy. But, um, since then he has divorced her prior to her passing. I think she got cancer and passed away from cancer. She was about 52 when that happened. So in her mind, she was able to live out her fantasy and live out her dream at the expense of others. That's just my opinion. Allegedly, I'm not, you know, casting judgment on anyone, but, um, until she passed away and her family allowed her to do so respectively. But, um, I think that he was able to find himself and to gather a little bit of his own identity afterwards, because, um, I know he did an interview afterwards and was like years after she passed and they asked him like, Hey, looking back on now, would you like you being that you have kids and everything, if someone came and said, Hey, there were 34-year-old teacher messing with your child. How would you feel about that? Would you think that's okay? And you could see it in his face. He was like, and I'm just paraphrasing, it's not verbatim. Even the question, I, that wasn't verbatim, but it was something along those lines. And he said, um, no, it's wrong 
that's completely wrong and that's a bad thing to do. So you can see where uh, he, he was able to gain his discernment as he was able to get older and he was able to kind of, once I believe he was able to distance himself from her, he was able to gain his own perspective on life and on the situations he'd been through and realized that he was really more of a victim than a accomplice and you know in that situation right but um someone on the outside looking in depending on where you're at would be like oh he had it made he got it to hit his teacher off at sixth grade and he had kids and you know she's basically got to take care of him and it was not like that you know his mom was put through the ringer they had to suffer through a lot of financial inabilities that they was already messed like this lady kind of if I was his mom who I'd be like you judge just let me go handle her for like a couple of hours and then you could take her to jail like it would have been a different situation but also predators and people like this know who to select in situations like this and she's not, not that far off target she found a single mother from a struggling community no father no protective figure and, you know, she's open to help. Like, oh, you're my son. You're my son's teacher. So they're going to trust you. And she took full advantage of that trust. And I think she violated their trust. That's just my opinion. So the movie now is the aftermath of that, right? And the cringy scene. I got to go back because I've been rambling. But there was a scene in the movie, which also played out in an interview that happened prior to the real Mary Kay Letourneau's passing where the um the news interviewer said something to the effect of um like who seduced who or something like that and i don't even want to like let me see what i can get on that because i want to make sure i'm giving you the impact of cringe so yeah i had to double check and make sure that i was looking at it correctly so yeah one of their last interviews that mary Le- mary Kay letourneau and Vili falau did the it was like an Australian newspaper or news, you know, report. And I give that news reporter, that journalist, massive, massive props because he asked the hard questions and he went in and you could see where she um did not like it and she felt uncomfortable by by it and she was uncomfortable because she was not able to control the dialogue. Right. So what she did in this one cringy scene in that news interview, when he was like, but you're the adult, this is a child, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, that's why I was asking him to stay away from my family. Like, but come on, you control the situation. This was a child. You're the adult. Like what, what, you know, what could you have done to stop this? So when she realized that he caught, he pushed her against a verbal wall and said, Hey, look, you, you know, you can't get out of this. Let's, let's look at it for what it is. Like, is an age, like you was his teacher, his parents entrusted him to you throughout the day to teach your child and keep him safe, not to do this. So, um, once the news reporter started ripping into her, she couldn't take it anymore. So she turned to Villy, her victim slash husband, and he has such, a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Stockholm syndrome. That's the word. You know how when someone's in Stockholm syndrome, they think they're, they want to be there, right? Cause they've been there so long and they've been exposed to a negative for so long that they think it's right. Or they feel like I don't deserve anything better. This is what I deserve. So they just accept it. And they could be technically abused and being held hostage mentally and physically. Right. And you could see that on him where he wasn't happy and he didn't want to be there and he was in a position where he couldn't defend himself or speak up for himself at that time. So when the news reporter was like, you know, Mary, you, you know, you're an adult, come on. What were you thinking? She couldn't, when she realized she couldn't, there was nothing she was going to say that was going to make him say like, okay, well that makes sense. So she turned to Lily and said, who's the boss? Who's in charge? Who's in charge? Who's in bo- Who's the boy? And just by her actions alone, you told me everything I needed to know, Mary, about who was in charge, who was the victim, who's scared, and et cetera. So, 
Yeah, with that being said, so in the movie May December, they had a weird, cringy scene similar, but she was like, Who seduced who? Who seduced who? And I was like, I know exactly what where they got that scene from because it was just as cringy in the May December movie as it was in the actual interview between the real life people. Now this is like 20 plus years later that they did this interview of like where they are now and are they still married and what's going on with the, with them in their lives. Right. And, um, I think this was right about the time when, she became sick. So this was like one of their last interviews and just knowing the way she was set up, I think it was a money grab, right? Let's do an interview, see how we're doing, get some money out the situation. But, um, yeah, she was off her rockers. Right. And I feel like in, in, in a weird way, that's probably why things happened the way it did allowing her children, the, the two that was born of this, to kind of live a regular life. and Because if you see the two children and the father, they're, you might as well say they're brothers and sisters. I know brothers and sisters that um, have more years between them than this father and two children. That's freaking crazy. 12, 13 years older than your kids. That's crazy. So they're more like brothers and sisters than father and daughter, I guess, in age wise, but I'm pretty sure they respect and recognize him as a dad. Also, I feel like they're at an age where they could probably have empathy for him because he was really, truly a victim at the hands of Mary Kayla Turno. So the movie made December, right? The girl starts to get so far into the method acting that she starts to fall in love with the husband, starts to want to really be the act, you know, the, the wife, the one that actually was the one who start, you know, the predator in the situation. She sleeps with the husband. I don't want to give too much away, but, um, I think ultimately, despite going into like a hope, I gave you a little spoiler alert there. So I apologize about that. It's really good though. And it's packed full of interesting scenes. However, I will say without giving up too much away, I think this is a movie that, um, a gave a little bit of light onto the aftermath of people that have been abused. Also kind of shed a little light on what it looks like for people that are kind of still in an abusive situation and they don't really have a voice for themselves. And in this particular movie, it just so happened that it was a young man that he was, you know, abused since 12 by his teacher, then married her. Then you should have seen him. He looked so mundane and so dogmatic, like, barbecuing and doing things that you would be like, okay, this is what the husband's supposed to do. But he's the same age as her son, as her oldest son. And her oldest son is living a frat life in college and, you know, in a rock band and stuff like that. And he's home tending to children and going to PTA meetings, etc. And you could see where she controlled the situation. So I feel like that was their way of taking, giving another spin on that scenario and giving you some insight into, you know, what happened like that, the, the after years or the later years after the scandal died down, because even though the scandal died down, I know there was people in their town locally around them that was like, what the heck? And if I'm not mistaken, they were based out of Seattle, Washington. So, you know, and it was, it was a nationwide scandal nationwide scandal. And that was so crazy. And I always felt bad for that kid. And I always had massive empathy for the mom, his mother, because I was like, damn, if I'm already struggling as a single mother and now I got three kids, I got to feed out the blue. Thank you, lady. Thank you. And I don't know how people in those times, you know, did not really see it for what it was right now. Hence, you know, moving forward, cause I want to say, and I don't want to mince any words or anything like that. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like she passed away in 2022 and this interview was like three years ago, this most recent one. So it was really, like I said, I feel it was a money grab. It was like right before she passed away trying to, you know, maybe get some money for medical bills, et cetera, because she was sick at the time. But, um, 
very cringy interview, very uncomfortable watching it. And I just kind of pulled it up again just to make sure I was looking at it correctly. And if you look through the comments, the same part, that part which was like, who's the boss? Who's who's in charge or whatever? Everyone's commenting on like, yo, there's no way this 30 plus year old woman is trying to blame a 12 year old child for this situation that they're in. There's no way, but she did it. And she ultimately got away with it because in her mind, she was delirious to the end. And you know, she was like, I got my husband, I got my kids. I'm happily ever after I got what I wanted out of life. So I don't know, but the movie, um, very slow build up, right? Because you're like trying to figure out if it's going to be like a murder mystery or because they have like a lot of dramatic music. What I could think of is like Norman Bates, Bates Motel, like how it have like those scenes where you're like, what, you know? Well, no, I might be going a little bit too exaggerative there. Maybe not as Norman Batesy, but they had a couple of scenes to make you feel like something big is about to happen, but it kind of never really does, you know? And, um, it did have some roller coasters and some ups and downs, but, um, the ending was kind of left to perception, meaning like, or interpretation, I should say, it's left up to your interpretation. Like, did she, um, was she a crazy woman that didn't know what she was doing and she was really delusional or was she a diabolical woman that basically did what she wanted to do and used delusion or the illusion of delusion to her advantage. I hope I'm making some sense there, but, um, interesting movie, especially if you are familiar with the actual case of the Mary Kay Letourneau, etc. then this would be an interesting movie to kind of watch off of that past knowledge to be like, Oh, I do remember this. And you can go check it out. I thought she was cringy to the end, to the end. And to know that, um, she was like 52 when she passed away. So she was relatively young, like, especially by today's standards, right? She was not an old, older lady when she passed away. But what I think it was, well, excuse me, she was 58, but still, I don't think that's old, you know, but what I do think is the guilt and the denial and, um, of what she did and living with it daily because she had a tight rein on her husband slash man child. She had a tight rein on the children because the media and she didn't want them to be exposed to certain things. So she was always in control of her atmosphere. And I get it. I understand wanting to be controlled, but you're a predator doing some weird shit, trying to be in control. And so I feel like all of that aged her a little bit faster. Cause I'm telling you, go look at that last interview and kind of look at her. Like she was a pretty woman, you know, I'll give her to give her that. And you could tell she was a woman of, you know, for lack of a better word, entitlement, meaning that she got whatever she wanted from whenever she was born from day one, you know, and it didn't stop with the child that she wanted to have sex with or marry or whatever even at the expense of going to jail, because guess what? She's the victim that further makes her the victim. It was, that's just my opinions. And like I said, I'm not sitting here trying to judge anyone, but I'm falling out of rabbit hole a little bit. It's about the movie May, December new on Netflix or maybe not so new on Netflix, but it's an interesting watch, but at the same time, it's tied into it's fiction, but it's tied into a real story. And it's interesting how to use certain cringy moments from those headlines to tie it into the real story. And then the flip at the end, or as they would say, the gag at the end was, um, was she in charge? Or was she not in charge, right? My opinion, and this is not a spoiler alert, because like I said, it's up, is left up to your own interpretation. But my interpretation, I would say, is that, um, yes, she definitely was diabolical and she was in charge and she completely knew what she was doing, especially in the movie towards the end, what she was able to accomplish with the um, girl who was coming there to study her, her mannerisms for the method acting role. Um, at first, at the beginning of the movie, it starts out like, oh my God, I'm just a, you know, I just want to live a quiet life. I don't know why she wants to come and interview us. Oh my God, I just want this all behind us. And she was real meek and mild and very like, maybe she's delusional and slow. 
maybe she doesn't really have the adult capability to connect the dots and realize this is wrong. So you start to feel a little bit of empathy and a little bit of like, well, maybe she don't know until you get through a couple of scenes and you're like, oh, this heifer no. And this heifer's a predator, hands down. So um, I just wanted to share this movie for multiple reasons. I didn't know what the movie was about. I actually thought something different. I thought that it was going to be a woman, like a single, single white female type of movie where the woman was going to try to take over her life. I didn't even know that it was about, you know, it was inspired by a story ripped from the headlines until I started watching like, wait a minute, this seems familiar. And then I started, you know, looking it up. It's like, Oh, so it's loosely based on it. It's okay. Got it. And then I started watching it from with that perception or from with that information, I started looking at it differently and I started to catch the moments like this happened. That really happened. I see where they flipped that. Ah, okay. And, um, if you're familiar with the headlines, I think it will be an interesting movie to watch It's fiction. So don't hold it to the fire. Like this didn't happen and that didn't happen. I kind of pointed out some parts to let you know that it was not verbatim. It's not a documentary. It's not a biopic. It's a fictional movie loosely based on true events type of thing. But it poses the question because we're seeing that more a lot lately. Um, back when this happened, it was like shocking because that was not something you've seen on the regular. Now you're seeing, I seen recently um, the other day, really like the other day, a teacher being arrested for having sex with a child in her parked car over a hundred times with a minor. And it's a lot of women that are having sex with minors that they're teaching. So that's predatorial in my um, opinion. And I know there's a lack of um, teachers and a lack of pay and all that other good stuff, just like with the rest of the world. But I feel like there needs to be a better vetting process in place to prevent this because I'm all for homeschooling. If this is the case, I'll keep my kids at home to know that, hey, that I'm going to protect them versus I'm entrusting their innocence to you for you to do this. And then try to turn around and say that my child took your cookies. Ugh. Ugh. Boy, I tell you. You know me. I have to tie it in some type of way. And as I was just having a pause, I thought about um two songs. You know, I always got to end a song with it. Now, this song had nothing to do with the movie. So before I pick that, let me just check that soundtrack for the movie and see if anything pops out to me. I'll be right back. Yeah, I was correct. There's really nothing on the soundtrack. It was like really good score. And that's what I'm saying. Like the music did a a great job of kind of keeping you on the edge of your seat to make you feel like something is about to happen. Like someone's going to die, but it didn't. Right. So, um, that's the one thing I would say about the movie that it kind of, I don't know if that was good or bad that it kept me on the edge of the seat, but you know, ultimately it was a death in real, in real life, but it wasn't a violent, it was like she passed away from a sickness and et cetera. So I could see why they didn't want to put that in the movie. Cause it would be too much reminders for her children, the original victim and stuff like that. But I do have a song and I, and I feel so bad, <clears throat> but, um, just to even keep it, um, a little bit more G I was thinking of R Kelly seems like you ready. Right. As far as the song to play behind this, but I was like, nah, I don't want to do that. But what I am going to do is go back a little bit further and it's an R and B song as well. And, um, the reason why I'm going to do that, even though in the song, it's a man singing to a girl is just kind of all, you know, is all in the same grand scheme of things, right? It's a lot of taking advantage of children going on. And I don't mean to like chuckle cause that's not a funny thing. It is not funny at all, but I'm um, going on and I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that it's being glorified in movies or like even just now when I had to pull up because I was like, it was a cringy moment. And it, I know it was a little, it differed a little bit from the actual interview versus the movie. Cause like in a movie, she was like, who's to do who? And then the actual interview, she was like, who's the charge? Who's in charge? Who's the boss? You know? But, um, with me going back to look up that cringy moment there or whatever, I was just like, you know, it, it kind of brings back the memory for you, for me. And I'm not, part of it. So I don't really want to, um, you know, 
glorify that. I don't know. I guess I'm losing a little bit of word in there. So I apologize, but I wanted to give a song. You know, I always try to end the show with a song that I think would be relevant. And I think this would be relevant for it. I just wanted to make sure I got the right name because I'll be telling you, I will pause, as you can see, I do that a lot lately to make sure I'm giving you the right information. So the song that I'm going to play tonight is going to be Right and Wrong Way by Keith Sweat. It kind of goes with the topic, right? You know, no, I'm not trying to throw Keith Sweat under the bus or nothing like that. This song is old. This is a classic. You know what I'm saying? When did that song come out? Um, Let me see. Let me pause it again. Yeah. 1987. First of all, in 1987, I had no business knowing this song. But you know, you got aunties and they grown and they feeling they self. So we was hearing Keith Sweat in the house. So, um, but if you think about it, if you look, listen to the lyrics, right, and apply it to this movie, the May December movie, or the real life Mary Kay Latono, it gets very interesting. It gets very uh, it starts to make you just look at society as a whole and what they deemed acceptable and what's coming to the forefront now. Like, Hey, you know what? No guys, this is not acceptable. You know? So, um, this is going to be a short one. It's just a movie review. So May, December, if I was to give it like a five ganga lips, cause you know, my logo's the lips. So if I was going to do like a, a out of five lips rating, I'd give it a three. And the reason why I say three, because I felt like it kind of dragged in some areas. Um, some of the areas I felt like, where are we going with this? And then the ending is definitely an ending that leaves it up for your interpretation. But I feel like it kind of left us a little flat. So 3.5 three and a half lips, I would say, for this movie. But I would say it's still a good watch if you're familiar with the original case. If you were, you know, I was in my teens when this happened, so I was very shocked. You know, teens, late teens, early 20s when this was in the news. So to me, I was like, you messing with children. You know, still to this day, I feel like you're messing with children. And I'm like, I'm like 19, 20, probably, maybe even 18 when all this stuff is going down. And this big 34-year-old woman is legit trying to justify her relationship with a 12-year-old. I wouldn't even date a 17-year-old at that time. And I'm not saying like, you know, but I'm just saying it because you're kind of like, I'm in college, you're in high school. What, what do we have in common for her? So yeah, I don't know. So I'm just kind of happy and shout out to Vili Falau. Hopefully he was able to gather himself and move life, move on, you know, and readjust and, and be able to live a life, you know, and, and pick up the pieces where he wasn't able to, because of, you know, a lot of his youth was robbed early. So I think that's where the movie would make a great, um, it's insightful because you're like, damn, you don't really see the damage the, or the aftermath of the damage and how these people psychologically cope afterwards afterwards, right? So it can stunt someone's growth. It can have someone further delusional depending on their repercussions or lack of it that they suffered from, you know? So it's a, it's an interesting movie. It's not high on my list as far as the ratings go, but, um, like I said, it's still something that you could watch with a discerning eye and be like, wow, that's crazy to know that this really happened. And it just, everyone's like, hi neighbor. And even the whole town of the, of the woman, um, where she lived, they knew everything that happened to her and she relocated to this town after the scandal. But they just was like, hey, we don't really want her to interact because she freaking crazy. So what we'll do is just keep her busy, like give her things to do and make her feel important. But in reality, we're just doing this to keep her out the fucking way because we don't want to encounter her or deal with her and her family directly. So you see all of that too, like even how the town had to tiptoe around her, her delusion. So 
I think it's an interesting watch. Once again, that's May, December on Netflix. And, um, that's my review of it. 3.5 or three and a half lips on the She Could Talk podcast, but I still wanted to bring it to light because it's kind of like in the trend and I'm not really trying, this is not a great trend that I'm trying to promote or even hype to discuss, but it just keeps popping up. So I feel like, well, maybe it needs to be discussed, right? But in the grand scheme of a lot of my episodes that I've been dropping lately, um, I just wanted to give a twist and, and shine a spotlight on a situation that happened to a young boy, you know, to let you know that, you know, maybe if you look at it from a young boy's perspective, like he was a a 12 year old in sixth grade, what could he do other than be a sex thing or sex toy for a grown 34 year old woman? And really even sex, like I can't even wrap my head around that. Like, Oh, I, you can have sex with him. What the fuck is excuse me, what the hell is that? You know, I'd be trying to refrain from using unnecessary profanity, but yeah. So I was like, yo, that's crazy. And I just wanted to shed some light on that to let you know that I am a person that I am equally an advocate for children's rights and the protection of children. You know what I'm saying? I don't care how developed you think they are or how mature they are for the age. Give them that time and that grace to develop and determine what they like and don't like. Don't rob them of this and stop robbing our children of this. But anyway, I'm going to get off my high horse and I'm going to leave you guys with, um, Keep sweat right and wrong way. I know you're like, what the hell, clean? You don't even make it sound romantic afterwards. But you know, I try to tie the music in to the topic. So there we go. But um, I'm going to leave y'all right there. A short one. Um, And there you go. You know my motto. If you like this episode, please tell a friend. If you don't like this episode, please tell a friend. And, um, you know, it doesn't hurt either way. And also when you go out there into these streets, into these holiday streets, love on yourself and spread good love and cheer to your friends and your peers because we need it during this time, right? And um, love you. Loving yourself a little bit tighter, treat yourself to something a little bit nicer. You know what I'm saying? Because you can't love me or anyone else if you don't love you first, right? And you already know, from my mouth to your ears, I love you. Until next time, she can talk the podcast. I'm Colleen, and um, y'all stay safe out there, all right? Peace. Oh